Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for that little baby that was born in obscurity, in uh, a food trough that was so powerful was such an incredible moment in history that shepherds and kings would come and bow at the feet of a little baby named Jesus. We thank you for your presence with us today and we thank you for the love in the room and the love that comes from heaven that started with that little baby here on earth with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Rest. We are in this series at the moment, our Christmas series uh, called Hark, uh, where we're talking about some of the great announcements that were made um, during the first Christmas. Hark is just a word that means listen up. And uh, today we find ourselves with the shepherds in a field when an angel shows up to tell them to announce the birth of Jesus. And then he gets his backup singers to come and sing a song where he tells them that this baby is going to bring a gift. And that gift is peace. Peace. Peace to all men. Peace to all people. Peace to all whose God favor lies with. And today I want to have a look at that idea of peace. Because I don't know about you, but Christmas doesn't feel that peaceful to me. You know, amongst the shopping and the wrapping and the cleaning and the cooking and the visitors and the schedules and the driving and Westfield car parks, it doesn't feel that peaceful to me. You know, some of you are having to watch your wife have to do all of that and that's not very peaceful either. You know, my, one of my favourite moments on Christmas morning is watching my husband's face as he sees what he bought for everybody for the very first time. <laughs> It doesn't feel that peaceful, but peace is actually a key element to the Christmas story. And as the angels sang to the shepherds on that night, peace is what Jesus brings to the earth as a baby. Now, I've done a study in the Bible on all the verses on peace, and there are 790 verses in the Bible that talk about peace. So let's start with number one. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do all of them. We're not going to do all of them. 790 verses in the Bible on peace. 
And you can actually, if you look at all of these, if you put them all out in front of you, you can actually categorise these verses on peace into three very clear categories. And what's really interesting about these three categories is they actually are not isolated. They work with each other in conjunction with each other and build upon each other. The first category of peace that we see in the scriptures is about peace with God. It's eternal peace. It's peace. It's spiritual peace. It's peace between our, us and God. And the second category is, uh, is emotional peace or peace within. It's our own peace. It's peace that is internal. It's peace with us in ourselves, peace with ourselves. And the third type of peace that we see in the scriptures is relational peace, which is peace with others. It's external peace. It's the peace that we have with one another. So there's these three categories of peace. There's eternal peace, there's internal peace, and there's external peace. There's spiritual peace, there's emotional peace, and there is relational peace. And we see verses throughout the Bible cover these three categories of peace. And what I find so interesting about this is that they build on each other. Let me put it this way for you. Um, Peace with God, the first type of peace, paves the way to peace with ourselves, the second type of peace, and equips us to make peace with others, the third type of peace. Let me say it again. Peace with God paves the way to peace with ourselves and equips us to make peace with others. So peace, it's hard to sort of wrap our heads around at times, but this idea that Jesus came as a baby and the gift that he brought us and to earth was peace, peace with us. And this first type of peace, this spiritual peace, this peace with God is the most important because it impacts everything else. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. And you might be thinking, do I need peace between me and God? Because by definition, peace is the absence of conflict, right? And maybe, you would th- maybe you're thinking that I don't think there's conflict between me and God. There is no conflict. Like, like, do I need peace between me and God? And I think that we do. Because I think that there has always been conflict between me and God. Galatians 4 uh, verses 4 says this, But when the set time had fully come, which means when God was ready, God sent his son, that's Jesus, born of a woman, that's Mary, born under the law to redeem those under the law. So let me explain this to you because I think it's actually really important. But you were born, you might not know this, but you were born under the law, which means that you were born under God's law, uh, having to be accountable to the law of God as revealed in the Old Testament and talked about in the New Testament. And Paul says, the law of God that was written on your heart. Now, what does that mean? What's Paul talking about? Well, what I think he's talking about is there's something that God programmed within you when you were created by him that, that, that is the law of God, that is accountability to God, that is God's way. So God has programmed something into you, has written on your heart his law. And this is how I think I know that. Because every time you do something wrong, there is an emotional response 
There is something that happens within you when you do something wrong. See, the law of God, as Paul is writing about it now, is this idea of morality, is this kind of thing that we know in ourselves that is the difference between right and wrong. And it's not about just being brought up the right way. It's not about, um, you know, just, you know, the, the luckiness or the blessing of being born the way you were born. It's actually something that God has created in everyone. This knowing the difference, understanding the difference between right and wrong. And what happens is we have an emotional response to this morality. You know, when you do something, say something, or think something that you know is wrong, there's sort of a yuckiness that you feel inside, right? That is the law of God written on your heart. And it's those moments where you think something, do something, or say something that you regret and you know was the wrong thing to think, say, or do, that you just wish that you could invent a time machine and go back into the past and erase what you've just thought, done, or said. That's the law of God written on your heart. It's this idea of morality, this, this, this sort of thing where you know the difference between right and wrong. But God created us with free will and free choice. And so what we do as humans is we make decisions to do the wrong thing, to actually go against what God has created for us. And every time we do that, we take a step backward from God. And there's more and more and more separation between us and God. You see, the relationship between creator and creation has been broken. It has been separated by sin. And Paul writes about the fact that Jesus has come to redeem all of us who have been broken by that free will that God has given us. So Paul goes to the root of the problem and he says the reason is that there's a brokenness between creator and creation. And the reason that we don't have peace with God is because we do this little dance where I do the wrong thing and then I wish I hadn't. I do the wrong thing and I wish I hadn't. I do the wrong thing and I live in regret and I live in resentment and I live in pain and suffering because I just can't stop doing the wrong thing. And it is exhausting. And we have no peace. But Paul says, when the set time had fully come, when the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. This is huge. This means that through Christ, God did something for everybody who was born under the law. That's you, that's me, that's Jew, that's Gentile, that's religious people, that's non-religious people, that at the right time, he sent God, he sent Jesus into the world to redeem. And redeem is a transactional term. It's a financial term. It means literally to buy back or to regain what has been lost. It's to reattach something that has been unattached. It's to rejoin something that has been separated. At the right time, he sent his son into the world to redeem or buy back those who were under the law. Under the law meaning understanding that break between creator and creation. So we have this missing piece in our lives because we need Jesus to erase the bad choices that we make in our life. So Jesus came to this world via a woman, via a virgin, via a miracle, but with a purpose in mind so that he could reconnect us to our heavenly father so that we might have peace with him. 
The second category of peace that's outlined in the Bible is this idea of peace within me. It's internal peace. And that flows out of the peace of God. So we have the peace, the peace with God, and then that enables us to have the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Now, the Bible has this word for this internal peace that we, uh, that we can understand and we can experience. You might have heard it. It's the word, the Hebrew word shalom. And uh, it's really hard to translate that word into English. Um, And so kind of the best we can do is sort of shalom equals peace. But actually it has so much more meaning than that. It means the absence of conflict. It um, It means peace. It means tranquility. It means harmony. It means serenity. It gives this picture of this internal peace, this internal rest that you can have through Jesus. And You know, there are 790 verses in the Bible that point to this idea of shalom. You know, you could have 790 problems, but peace ain't one, right? It doesn't matter what your problem is, there is a corresponding peace. If you have anxiety, there is comforting peace. If you have worry, there is confident peace. There is a peace for every problem that you experience. The third type of peace is relational peace, Um, and this picks up on this biblical theme that we see throughout the scriptures, which is that God has not just created us as individuals, he has created us to have unity with one another. And it's a call that God has on his people, a call for unity. Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there is there is." male, nor there is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Because of the cross, we are equals. Because what happens is that when I don't have peace with God, I don't have the peace of God. And the more separated I am from God, the more messed up my relationships are. Because when there's internal conflict, and I'm doing that dance all the time, that just Keeps getting, keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher and all of that anxiety, all of that insecurity, all of that anxious, all, everything that I'm feeling within bubbles out into my relationships. So in order to have peace with others, I need to have peace with myself. And in order to have peace with myself, I need to have peace with God. It's because of the cross in Christ that we are equal. He is the great equalizer. At the foot of the cross, We are all equal, and that brings unity, and that brings peace, peace in relationships. When we have peace with God, we experience the peace of God, and that equips us to make peace with others. See how they all work together. It's really nice. The Bible does things like that every now and then. It's amazing. You know, I am actually really looking forward to 2019 being over. I don't know what your year has held, uh, whether it's been a great year for you or whether it's been a really hard year for you. This year has probably been my worst year ever. I started 2019 knowing that my dad, who I was really close with, probably wasn't going to see the end of 2019. We found out that he had terminal cancer in uh, the December last year, December 2018. And by March, I found myself um, sitting by his hospital bed, holding 
his hand waiting for him to die. Uh, He was a great man of faith. And I know with every piece of certainty that I own that he is in heaven with Jesus right now. But it was really, really, really hard. A moment that I won't forget was uh, in in his last hours. I was in the hospital with um, my mum and one of my brothers and his wife and my husband. And we were quite literally sitting there waiting for him to die. And it was really hard. And there was a moment where I stood up and I walked to the bed and I held my dad's hand and I prayed out loud that, that God would show us mercy and call him home because it was so hard to watch my dad die in front of me. I sang, great is thy faithfulness. And about 15 minutes later, I walked out of a room where my dad had left. A few months later, I gave birth to our second son, Oliver, who actually is a delight, uh, but I didn't always feel that way about him. I was really sick in the lead up to giving birth to Oliver. I had really high blood pressure, so I was medicated and I was closely monitored um, right up until I went to the hospital to give birth to Oliver. The birth went really well. Everything went as you want it to go. Um, But then after I had Oliver, my blood pressure just got higher and higher and higher, and I got sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker to the point that I was medicated and stayed in hospital for a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, And they put me on medication that essentially would stop me from dying. I uh, managed to get stable enough to go home. And I went home and a mixture of um, the medication, being unwell, having a newborn baby and being right in the thick of grieving the loss of my dad meant that I ended up with postnatal depression. I had the darkest moments and thoughts that I have ever had. It was a really, really hard few months. It was hard on me, it was hard on my family, um, it was hard particularly on my husband, it was really hard on my toddler, Henry, and I'm okay. I sort of think in the last month or so, I've sort of gotten my head above the clouds a little bit. But it has been a really tough 2019. I am really looking forward to starting fresh in 2020. But here's what I learned about God during that time, during some of the darkest moments. A peace that comes from God is unfathomable. You see, when you can't even lift your eyes to pray, when you can't even talk because you are crying so much, you can't even ask God for peace, If you have a relationship with him already, he will give it to you. You know, there's this incredible verse in Philippians. Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, that little baby that was born in a manger that attracted shepherds and kings And the whole rest of the world for the next 2,000 years would celebrate and talk about his birth. He came with a purpose in mind. He came to bring a relationship for you and him. 
You see, the old way, pre-Jesus, was to live religiously, was to try and do things in order to meet up to God's law. There was all these religions, religious rituals that we had to do. And I think sometimes you and I can get trapped in this idea of trying to do things in order to get peace. But the sort of peace that you need in your darkest moments, the sort of peace that comes with a little baby in a manger is a peace that is unfathomable. It's a peace that goes beyond understanding. It transcends all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you accept that he is the only one that can erase the bad stuff in your life, that he is the only one that can take that feeling of yuckiness inside and offer you forgiveness, then you don't even need to ask for this peace. It will come to you from God. In my darkest moments, when I could barely lift my head, speak or pray, God gave me a peace that in my heart I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom. I certainly didn't deserve it. He gave me a peace that transcends, that surpasses all understanding. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, come to me, that's God, that's Jesus. These are Jesus' words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you shalom. I will give you rest. I will give you peace. What do we have to do to get the peace of God? What do we have to do to have peace with God? N nothing. There is nothing you have to do beyond go to Jesus. He is the giver of peace. He is the sustainer of peace. He gives it freely. He gives it willingly. He wants you to come to him and ask for it, and he will hand it to you. I'm going to get the band up. You know, I don't know what 2019 has held for you. It's been a real tough one for me. But I can tell you what I've learned about God is that there is a depth to my relationship with him that I didn't know. And that all you have to do is be close to him in order to receive a peace that surpasses all understanding. That little baby came and the gift that he brought was peace. And it wasn't just for the best of us. It was for smelly shepherds. It was for Gentiles. It was for wrongdoers. It was for everyone who's experienced that break between creation and its creator. Jesus came so that you don't have to invent a time machine and go back to erase the things that you have said, done, and thought. Jesus came to pay the ultimate price so that you can live freely and that you can live in peace with him. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to get the prayer team, if they're around, just to come down the front now um, and get ready to be prayerful. I wonder if this year, um, it's been a tough one for you too. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know whose hand you've held this year. But I know one thing. I know that God wants to offer you a peace that 
is beyond your own understanding. It's a peace that comes without you knowing you need it. It's a peace that comes without you having to do anything for it. You are not going to do your way into better peace. And this morning, I want to give everyone an opportunity to just let go to let go of the dance in your life that says I did something wrong and now I have to be regretful, now I have to sort of try and make a better way, doing that dance of feeling bad about the bad things in your life and let go and receive the peace of Jesus that says I've done it for you. I've paid the price, I've made the way, you get to live in peace knowing that I love you, that I created you, and you are set free by the cross. So if you're with me this morning, why don't you close your eyes and just hold out your hands and I'm gonna pray. Father God, we thank you for the incredible gift that is Jesus. And we can get so caught up, Lord, in the season of Christmas. And sometimes it's a little bit of muscle memory too because we do the same things and we sing the same songs and we read the same Bible verses and we hear the same story every year. But this year, God, I pray that you would give us a new word, that you would give us a new sense of your Emmanuel, God with us. And this morning, God, in this place, we would become people of peace. We would become people that have peace with God, that we would have peace internal and we would have peace with one another. God, I pray that this year we would be bringers of peace. And God, I pray that anyone here this morning that is doing that dance of, I did something wrong, I feel bad. I did something wrong, I feel bad. I did something wrong, I feel worse. God, that you would set them free this morning from that. That they would find rest and they would find peace with you. It's only you that can do it. It's only you that can afford it. It's only you that has the power, God, to bring peace. So God, this morning with eyes closed and arms out, we ask for your peace to come upon us now. And we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, the team is going to sing and we're going to sing with them. But if you're here this morning and you feel like you are in a dark place, that you need the light of Jesus and the peace of Jesus to be spread upon you, I want to encourage you this morning to come down the front and receive prayer. Nothing magical is going to happen down here. There's, we're not going to ask you to do anything weird. I just want you to come down the front and, be, and have someone pray with you that you would experience the sort of peace that I'm talking about, the sort of peace that surpasses understanding, the sort of peace that Jesus brought with him as a little baby into this earth. So if that's you this morning, why don't you come now, make your way down the front now, and uh, and uh, the team's going to sing and we're going to sing with them, and let's enjoy a moment of worship together. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you, or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.